saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. So, guess what? It's still Pride Month, yay! And when it's Pride Month, I gotta do some queer shit around here, right? So, I'm gonna do that by talking to Raquel and Alice from the band Dreamwife about their shared spark, La Tigra's seminal self-titled debut album. I had... So much fun with Raquel and Alice. It's really nice for me when I click with guests and we can just hang out and have a great time talking about the art they love. And it's even better when their spark is something that I love as well, which is very much the case this time around. So what do you say? Shall we just get right into it? Quick Dreamwife facts. Dreamwife are an English, Icelandic, London-based band consisting of Raquel Mjol on lead vocals, Alice Goh on guitar and vocals, and Bella Podpadak on bass and vocals. Dreamwife's sound is a mixture of punk rock, pop music, and indie rock. Their lyrics often tackle issues related to feminism, gender roles, body image, and sexual objectification. Their first two albums, Dreamwife and So When You Gonna, received widespread critical acclaim, and their brand spanking new third album, Social Lubrication, was released last Friday, June 9th. So I guess that means you should listen to it. 
Quick Latigra facts. Latigra is the debut studio album of American music trio Latigra, released on October 25th, 1999. The album featured the band's original lineup of Kathleen Hanna, Johanna Faitman, and Sadie Benning, and it combined pop music with the band's feminist political lyrics. The band constructed songs using inexpensive electronic equipment. Faitman explained that they chose equipment which was unfamiliar to them to show girl punk scorn for that particular strain of male expertise associated with electronic music. The album received positive reviews from music critics and was cited as one of the best albums of 1999. And there you have it. Time to swoop down onto the main event. Here comes my chat with Dreamwife about La Tigra. So, because this is an audio medium, if you wouldn't mind just, you know, saying your name so people can recognize, put a name to a, a voice. I'm Raquel, and I'm the singer of Dreamwife. Hey, I'm Alice, and I'm the guitarist of Dreamwife. Thank you very much. Uh, so, the jumping off point for these conversations is always kind of your origin story with uh, the thing we're talking about. So, I am assuming you came to this album at different times and didn't happen to be in the same space at the exact same time years ago when you found it. So, uh, you want to individually say how you came to this this music, Alex. I remember being a quite lonely teenager in Somerset in the UK and kind of not really feeling like I'd found my people and was in bands and stuff, loved music. I remember listening to La Tigra and it was just like, I remember thinking like, I wish I was their friend. I wish I could be in a band like that. Like it seemed so fun, but also like I really definitely, you know, it's fun, but it's also like political and I think there was there was something in that that was like really really engaged me at that time where I did feel quite lonely and kind of like didn't really know my place in the world um and yeah just really it felt like hanging out with your friends when you listen to that album especially as a teenager yeah definitely um how about you Raquel I think I was 12 when I heard this album I was really fortunate to have uh, an older sister who I could borrow her iPod occasionally and then you know she got a new one so I got her old one and her old one had all of the songs that she was listening to that she had you know illegally downloaded probably but out of that collection of songs was uh yeah was La Tigra's first album and I was just really excited about the possibility of music that I was hearing. I mean, also on the album, I heard the Shins, Strokes, I mean, album on the iPod, that influential <laughs> iPod that I inherited from my my sister's iPod collection. Um, the Strokes, Yeah, Yeahs, uh, and La Tigra were my favorite. And I remember living in a suburb of Reykjavik, Iceland at the time, and it was really snowy. And also because I grew up in California, I'm Icelandic, but the first decade of my life was in beautiful, sunny Northern California. And my parents decided to uproot us and move us back home to Iceland when I was 10. And I really didn't understand it. So those first winters of it being normal to walk half an hour to school in a blizzard by yourself, mm. 
after having had such a beautiful, sunny childhood, it was very confusing to me. And one of the ways to get through those blizzards was to have Decepticon on full blast. And that's how I got to school, still questioning my parents' decisions. But that, that album was very influential too, because it made you think of a world that wasn't yours. And also the sort of just also queerness and colorful silliness and rock also not being headed by a young man, white heterosexual man in skinny jeans, which was everywhere. Mm -hmm. So Karen O and, and Kathleen Hanna especially made you sort of think, I could do this too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's a really important thing for a kid battling a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That kind of hope yeah. gets you through, yeah. And, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't really going to listen to, you know, I wasn't really going to listen to, I don't know, Bon Iver mm. treading through the snow. Like, you needed something to keep you alive. Yeah, some energy. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'd have made it through the blizzard with Bon Iver. I really, really doubt. Wow. Absolutely wild. But yeah, very thankful for that album because it kept you pumping uh, through the snowstorms to get school. Yeah. And pitch dark too. Oh my God, ice is so dark in the winter. Yeah. I, I, the... I think obviously one of the most striking things about this band, the kind of driving force behind it is Kathleen Hanna. And I think having that foundation, this kind of like one of the most important figures in like third wave feminism and uh, the, I don't know, maybe reluctant poster uh, person for the Riot Girl movement. And uh, like you were saying, Alice, like having that kind of political heart and the lyrics actually meaning something and saying something about misogyny and queerness and the way that women navigate the world but also just being like fucking tunes yeah. and really like the most exciting it's like half an hour long it's just this like short sharp onslaught mm -hmm. of amazing amazing music and having those two uh forces acting in unison like the um you know meaningful content and incredible music was like a revelation yeah i think it's it's an interesting point what was it like 99 when it came out and i guess you think of the 90s like instantly i go to like riot girl and you know kathleen hannah maybe in that more kind of the sense of maybe a more kind of loud rock angry kind of sound where it's interesting like the development of the sound like you said you know the tigris debut record it's so fun it's so colorful sonically so colorful and i think it's interesting the way it's like it's not like kathleen hannah's like i don't know like sanded off her her rough edges but it's something it's something different where it, it seems more I don't know, for me, certainly at that time, it felt more accessible. And I think it was that way that it was it was allowed to be fun, but still have a really important message. And I think especially for Dreamwife, for us, it's kind of that juxtaposition that's a very foundational element for, for us and our sound and what we're saying and how we're saying it, where it's okay to have fun. And that in itself can be a political act. Or it can be a, you know, it, it doesn't just have to be like, you have to say something serious and the only way to be heard or get your point across is to, I don't know, do like this, I don't know, one track angry kind of sound. It's it's really interesting, I think, in the development of Kathleen Hanna's sonic world that it's, and you know, you think about like the Judy Ruin, like what is that mid-90s? She's kind of gone from this very aggressive 
heavy sound early 90s through to this almost more like sketchbook diary type very personal like sound and, and personal songs with Judy Ruin through to late 90s you've got her with an amazing band having fun and still saying what she's saying but it's like this whole other color of her and I think it's amazing seeing her development through the 90s and that is the start of a whole new kind of landscape for her really sonically isn't she releasing a book soon Kevin Hammett I hope so Mm. and uh, Latigra are going back on tour as well we sure do know (laughs) we will be supporting them in London Uh... it has come full circle uh, it's sort of, this is also why we picked this, uh, this album, because uh, life is so funny sometimes, isn't it? Mm. For us, uh, me and Alice and Bella, we met in uni in Brighton. Uh, Bella and Alice are from Somerset, and I'm from Iceland, as you heard earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we bonded at a party in Alice's moldy dungeon of a flat i could barely step in there uh but we had some good parties there yeah it was good times however you slept yeah i know (laughs) however i mean it completely broke down your immune system for years but still yeah my lungs were pretty messed up for a few years after that but there were some really good parties in that moldy dungeon of yours and at every party we would turn off the lights and alice had all these strobe lights (laughs) because alice is a hoarder yep uh, an exceptional hoarder of gear and there'd be all these different strobe lights coming at you and we would dance to La Tigra and Peaches and it would be a way for all of us um, little art school kids to be jumping around and screaming in the stroby dungeon and we spoke so much about how much we loved La Tigra and now here we were in uni in a moldy dungeon full of wonderful people that were feeling the same way we felt when we were kids it was totally those moments of feeling like you finally found your people and you can all share in that thing that maybe all of you at at different points alone in your lives had kind of, I don't know, hoped through that music. It had given you hope for those moments and then those moments happened and that music's still there and it's like this soundtrack of kind of connection actually and there's something amazing about that. But what were you saying, Raquel? Sorry. Well, it's just, I'm just saying the story of how La Tigra has impacted our lives, you know? Same as you, but when we started Dreamwipe, uh, we were friends at uni and it was towards the end of uni that we sort of just wanted a bit of a distraction from our very serious art school studies. Yeah. yeah. But we really wanted to do something fun, but we didn't know what kind of music we wanted to make. And we decided on our, on our band name first, which is Dreamwife. And then we asked each other, okay, so what kind of music are we going to make? Who do I want to sound like? And the first inspiration to be thrown into the pot was La Tigra. So it's been a huge influence for us. And we played our first show in in, in New York at Baby's All Right a few <laughs> years ago. Mm-hmm. We were looking out in the crowd in a packed room and we saw J.D. Sampson in the front. <laughs> yeah. And they were smiling and shaking their head and just dancing. And it was such a surreal moment because all of us noticed, but we were speaking to each other with our eyes. And after the show, JD came up to us and they screamed, you're my favorite new band. And then JD has been to every single one of our New York shows ever since and is always in the front row and has sent us such incredible words of um, just encouragement. And also Kathleen, Hannah, 
sent us a message out of the blue too. I'm presuming JD got to her. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she sent us this really beautiful message of words of encouragement, of keep on going. Hmm. Um, And what you're doing is something special. And often as an artist or any, any creative, you go through waves of ups and downs and sometimes you're questioning your role or why you're making things. Doubt is a very important part of being an artist and it sort of sucks, but we all go there. And to receive such kind words from people that molded you without them knowing. And any kind of creative, whatever part you are in your career or whatever you're creating, you never know who you're going to touch. You never know what you say is going to affect someone. And you never know if a song is going to make people punch through snowstorms <laughs> at the age of 12 Right. to get to school. You never know that. And that's the beauty of being human. We don't know what whatever we do will impact someone else's lives. So it is quite a full circle moment that we get to support them on their first tour in 18 years. Crazy. How incredible is that? In the city we all live in, like in London. And the reason why we live in London is because of this band. We made this band and, you know, got signed to a lovely label here in London and formed our community of wonderful musicians. And yeah, it's a really special thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I guess th- that is another thing about Kathleen Hanna in terms of the things that she's kind of known for um, is being this positive, supportive force and really champion- championing other artists and especially women and creating like spaces, you know, asking women to move to the front of the crowd at their shows so that they're not getting harassed by creepy men those kinds of things just like really being open and uh, wanting to like share what she's created and that kind of energy. And the same thing with J.D. Sampson. I, I live in New York and they used to DJ at a party here that was like a tiny little bar on Sundays and they played like the most amazing music, just like every song made everybody go crazy. <laughs> and yeah, just like kind of fostering a spirit of community not just amongst the people that they know, but their fans and people who come across their music. Um, and it's a pretty special and unique thing. And I think like the longevity of that, like the fact that what it's like 30 years ago when what Bikini Kill were playing and that at that time community was so, so crucial to that scene and was such a big part of that scene. And that still 30 years later, Kathleen Hanna is still in that role still supporting still flying that flag and like it is like incredible the dedication to community and to support of of women in music it's it is like legendary stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. and for both of them and jd as well it's what you were mentioning earlier about community is that through bikini kill and then la tigre it was all about fostering community it was about providing platforms for sexual assault victims to speak openly, for the zine that the Riker movement created and and really just giving people a platform (laughs) and feeling welcome, feeling welcome to be at the front of the shows, feeling welcome to join the mosh pit, acknowledging that they can be there as much as anyone else and creating friends in that kind of environment too. Like going to a Latigo concert, I'm presuming, more than 18 years ago when they played last. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You went there maybe to find friends, to find your community, to find people that you could rejoice with, 
and that maybe understood you a bit better. And a band having that kind of impact is just so beautiful. It's all about community. And that's something that we take very much close to with Dreamwave. It, we started this and that's what we were thinking about. We were thinking about how the Chico was fostering communities, how how important it is to to put as much effort into community as into your songwriting, really. Yeah. And with us, we've done um, we've done a lot of open support calls, uh, open support calls for our tours, both in the U.S. and Europe, asking for women and non-binary musicians to like apply, and hosting workspaces, like workshops, and and sharing really the platform that we've been given. And if anyone has been lucky enough to have a platform, no matter how big or small, we're here to share it and to uplift others. So to get these words of encouragement from JD and from Kathleen meant the world to us. And also just love their music so much. Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you are an artist and you have any kind of success, you're, you know, if you're a musician, you're getting your music out to people, you have a fan base, there can be a tendency to want to hoard what you've uh, achieved for yourself and be protective of it. And I think it's a really, uh, the generosity of spirit um, and not in a way that's like self-serving, that it's this excitement about creating this community and wanting other artists to flourish because they're excited to hear what those people are going to create. And also everyone benefits from that too. Absolutely. Uh, the idea of hoarding is capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, and you aren't winning. Nobody is. I'm presuming a, a wealthy record executive is maybe benefiting, but if you don't have a sense of community around you as an artist, it's a very lonely place. And also longevity of if you want a career in any kind of creative uh, field, it is about fostering community. It's not about the hype right now. It's about will you create a community that might last like Latigra have done and Kathleen Hanna for 30 years or more, or is it just a hype machine and then you're done? Right. I think it's so important to think about that. It's not just, it's not just a, a singular mission. And especially being, you know, women in queer music as well. I think as women, generally, I know for both Raquel and myself growing up, you're kind of, I remember being at secondary school, like high school, and there's this whole thing where like, as women, you're automatically meant to be like in competition with each other. It's like, there's not enough to go around, like that whole thing of 
women being in competition with other women and there being this major lack of support from women for other women it it felt like this really a sad situation and like really reductive situation like and I think it's so important for like Raquel said to to share the platform and to really fly the flag of like supporting other people in a similar situation to you and if you don't then it's like well well, no one wins it's like we don't get anywhere we progress doesn't doesn't happen and I think women supporting other women is important support your sisters yeah yeah support your trans sisters yes very vital and just getting back to um what you were saying before Alice about the kind of sonic evolution Mm. of the music um that I think in terms of community building it's the the work of actually reaching a handout to other artists and trying to help them and and nurture their careers, but also creating community through this amazing music because you, like you said, you know, being at uni, meeting people who uh, have the same taste as you, being a young person and just kind of like going out and being crazy and going (laughs) to clubs and whatever, but um, also pushing boundaries musically, um, surprising people, like the fact that Kathleen Hanna was in a band that was programming beats, Mm -hmm. that it was like this, you know, precursor, just barely, it was around the same time to Electro Clash Mm -hmm. and like what you were saying about Peaches and Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and all of these artists who were coming up at the same time and all of them doing these exciting things, you know, like elements of kind of performance art, making different kinds of music, but all having that same kind of excitement. And to my mind, I was like, they're all friends, obviously, because they're all so cool and I love them and they must, you know, be... Oh, that utopia, yeah. Right, right. Um, but I, I, I was living in, in London when all this music came out and um, just that feeling that you were talking about, uh, about, you know, being in Brighton and dancing mm-hmm. to these songs mm-hmm. is like, you know, floods my mind with memories. Oh, uh so yeah it's it's all just like very very special stuff that um you know i think has made a lot of people happy it really does uh what a beautiful mm-hmm. world we live in with bands like the tigra in it bands like the tigra that are finally gonna play again yes yeah it's been my dream to see them play live because you know as many people know that Catherine hannah got lyme disease and had to quit the band yeah it wasn't like she wanted to quit the band yeah i know so they had these two exceptional albums yeah. That made such a mark and feel very blessed that they're going to come and play again. Because it's been my dream to see them perform. Yeah. Absolute dream. And like since I was a kid. So the idea of actually getting to support them and warm up that stage for them. Right. On their first show in London. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so beautiful. Like you said, the, um, yeah, the kind of, it, it's it's so unfair to have somebody who obviously loves making music loves performing uh, the it just such a fucking weird situation as well like not being diagnosed with Lyme disease for five years or something and just suffering and having nobody know what's going going on with her must have just been hell on earth um so to like come through that and be able to get back out there with this music and make tons of people happy including herself uh is uh Pretty, pretty exciting thing. Did you watch the documentary about her? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I remember watching that in uni and mm. just being amazed because I only knew La Tigre. I didn't really know the backstory behind it. Yeah. Such, yeah, wow. What a life. Mm -hmm. I look forward to meeting her in person. Yeah. And to share my gratitude. But what's your favorite song off this album? I mean, by the way? like, I know it's very basic, but. Besides. Yeah. Like Decepticon is on my, my gym playlist. So I listen to that uh, pretty frequently. Um, I kind of like, I love the <laughs> song about um, John Cassavetti's Just Because. The idea behind it is so out there in your face. And that concept to me is very prescient. It's like since Me Too, um, uh, started kind of exposing all of these terrible predatory men, there's been a lot of conversation about that. Like, sh can we separate the art from the artist? And, or, you know, can an artist's work be multiple things, like an influential filmmaker who is also a misogynist trash bag? So I, I like having all of those complicated ideas in this quite like catchy, light, poppy song. Misogynist um, genius. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, it just makes me laugh. Uh, but yeah. Do you have any favorites? I mean, Decepticon was our walk-on song for the first years of our band. Mm. We only recently changed it because it's a song that gets everyone revved up, including ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, of course, I love Hot Topic mm -hmm. just because it sounds almost like a take on a 60s band. Totally. And it sounds also sort of as if it was like one of those manufactured 60s girl pop groups like the French ones um, that maybe didn't write their own music. Right. And it's sort of taking that kind of style of being, but having, you know, sort of showing the frustration of the time that they're uh, just showing that they're really getting their frustration out lyrically. But uh, the song is set in this kind of like 60s, I will perform, I will be presentable, which was a lot of that kind of music. Yeah. Um, I quite like that just position that they did there with Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. They've talked before about those kinds of influences coming in and Kathleen Hannah said, but 50s, 60s girl groups, but also people like Leslie Gore who sang It's My Party, that kind of like, she she wrote a lot of her own music, but it was all in the you know, like confines of that time period and what women were allowed to express about themselves, but still you know, doing a song like You Don't Own Me, um, which at the time especially was like a progressive take on what women could feel and or at least, you know, in what, what women could express in their art. So having that as like a, an influence that, again, like kind of on the surface, that music feels very light and like it's, you know, fluffy, um, but that there is substance to it. Um, so, yeah, it all makes sense. You can really see that. That's really well put. Mm. And wow, I love that song, You Don't Know Me. Mm. Yeah. It's like also with ABBA, for example. Mm -hmm. Their songs are jumpy and seem to be happy on the outside. But if you look into the lyrics, those are some really dark lyrics. Yeah. And that's also another interesting thing with music, like the Tigre music, is if you're listening to it in the store or something, people might listen to it differently. Mm. Saying that, I've never heard the Tigre song in the in a store, but it's kind of my idea of when you look a little bit deeper, there's so much context lyrically. Mm -hmm. Whether you go to visit that music because of the context or whether it's just something that, you know, your algorithm has picked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being able to like have the, uh, you know, heft of the subject matter, but also people can just like 
go into a club and know nothing about them and start going mental because it's catchy music that you know people love such good music yeah or it's even like thinking like recently um i think it's decepticon has been on like a lot of adverts Mm -hmm. and it's like the fact it could even be used like in this capitalist kind of way but it's obviously so anti that but it's like that is that juxtaposition yet again it's like raquel said it's like on the surface it can just be what what it can be but deeper down there's so many more levels to explore and that's the magic of music (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i also really like how Catherine hannah as the lyricist of the band is so aware of the power of words Mm -hmm. and also accent for example in the documentary she talks about being a valley girl or this kind of like valley girl (laughs) accent even though she's from oregon Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but this kind of valley girl accent and, and not being taken seriously because of her accent right and using that, yeah, I find that so interesting with accents. I mean, you lived in England, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the many variations of accents we have here. Yeah. Are you being taken less seriously because of an accent from up north or from an accent from the south? Yeah. How she performs and especially how she screams. And it's just really just sort of not just having these incredibly powerful statements put up in a dancey pop rock song, but she's using her, her accent her voice, her screens in a different way that I had not heard before during this kind of 2000s indie rock skinny jeans time. Yeah. And it was incredible, incredible to hear a woman scream like that and to allow yourself to scream like that and put it on record. As you said earlier, uh, with You Don't Know Me, it's just so powerful. Yeah. Powerful to scream. Yeah, but also screaming melodically like it it is still a song it isn't just you know rah, rah. um it's like which is melodic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but uh yeah it, in, incredible vocalist incredible lyrics absolutely i studied um ice cream a lot in our music and i often intentionally don't sing pretty mm-hmm. and it is interesting because i studied jazz I studied opera for years. I went to a music conservatory and I really like it when people tell me I don't sing well, especially in the comments section. (laughs) Because for me, that is my choice. And what is well to you? What is a good singer? Also, if you mix jazz and opera together, you get a really good, healthy scream. Yeah. A one that does not damage your vocal cords. So this, I think that as well, just being allowed to not be an image of perfection. Mm Mm-hmm of being well, a well-behaved young woman in society. You know, taking what you have and doing whatever you want with it. Your words, your vocals, your music. And that's for me, sums up La Tigra. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is a brilliant way to finish. Um, so thank you very much. What fun. This has been so great. I really appreciate Aww. you two making time for me. I know you uh, are being ground down by uh interviews so um it's, uh... they actually asked us to play in new york oh. with them too um on their presumably last ever show mm. well that's what jd said and it was impossible because of visas and time but wow are you gonna go see them in new york yeah which one um, Do you know i am still working out the details but uh well yeah. when you do i hope you cry i hope you scream i hope you dance i hope you feel all the feelings I promise. And I hope you like, you know, make out with your husband as well. All, all just of it. Just on the dance mm-hmm. floor and just 
feel every single emotion. Yep, I'm in. Because that's what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Making out with my husband. Okay. No, um, <laughs> never. No, it's fine. It's fine. The drama. Have a go. The drama. Um. Luckily, we'll be in two different yes. cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you again so so much. This has really been uh, a, a pleasure. I uh, I appreciate it. You too, Adam. Thank you for talking about our mutual passion. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> great. And um, uh, we're playing in New York in the fall, so let's definitely hang out. Yeah, and we'll put you on the guest list. You and your husband. Awesome. I hope you make out during our show as well. Yes, of course, guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. I'm glad we got to to talk, and this has been really fun. Oh, thanks so much, Adam. You too. All right. Enjoy the day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Come on. And that was fucking fantastic. Ugh, that was just so much fun. Seriously, thanks again to Raquel and Alice for talking to me. The new Dream Wife album, Social Lubrication, is out right now. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. I've been listening to Sylvester's second album, Step 2, because it is the queerest thing in history. I mean, it's the album with You Make Me Feel Mighty Real on it, for fuck's sake. But the rest of it is gay as fuck too, and that's not even taking into account that Two Tons of Fun were his backup singers. They later became The Weather Girls and recorded It's Raining Men. And then one of them, Martha Wash, was the vocalist for Black Box and CNC Music Factory. So much gay shit happening, floating around. And then obviously Sylvester was a trailblazer for queer and non-binary representation in pop music. So there's a whole lot of history involved in this album, but it's also just really fucking fun. So give it a little spin and do a little twirl if you are so inclined. And that's about it. Please follow me on social media at SparkParade. Get all your Spark Parade news hot off the press. And until next time, bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.